the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I'm not The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. Things upset you. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Conversation anyway. Hear me okay? Yep. Is it any sort of weird background stuff? No, not that I can hear. Cool. There's a lot of new sounds. Is <laughs> Memphis full of sounds? This apartment is, because there's air, and then there's air vents out, or like the air units outside my window, and then the air in the house, and then like the ice maker. It's just stuff. It's not, it's all weird. So... All right, so you're in an apartment. Is this an apartment that they pay for, like, on, like, repeatedly to have people go there? No, they just, it's, um, certain apartment complexes have furnished apartments, and they'll rent this out if we need it, but it's not the same one every time. So, like, last year when I was here, I was at a whole different complex, and they sort of get whatever deal they can get and um, put us up in a, an apartment. So it's just a corporate apartment they can rent, but, but my company uh, doesn't own it. Okay. I was a little confused by that. So Yeah, so that's, they, they book it for the duration of the class term, and so then we can come and go as we please. And there's a, a cleaning crew on Fridays, so whoever leaves when the next person comes in, usually on Sundays, it's like nobody was ever here. Like when I walked in, it was like walking into a brand-new fully furnished apartment minus a couple little details like the fridge having a bunch of ketchup and mustard packets or no that was the coffee table um where someone had left those and that because they won't throw away your food items the cleaning crew won't um and then um i get to see my coworkers' eating habits which is really that's when i get like a mean girl and judgy <laughs> um, i'm texting I'm- Kate and like so-and-so is eating this. <laughs> I am glad that uh, I, you know, clean up after myself well when I house it for you because apparently no, you'd be only, very judgy. No, it's only people I don't like. So, what, Arya? Oh, hi, Arya. Spencer says hi. Do you need to go outside? She's looking at me like, I don't understand what's going on. She's like, pet me. So I guess I have to let the dogs out. So let them out. Yeah, hold on. Okay. All right. I guess Yay. I'll cut all that out. <laughs> it's kind of it's our MO to be sort of slack at times. 
I, they were sitting over there, like, just laying down, like, half asleep, chilling. <coughs> and the minute I started you talking. Gave, yep, you gave me attention and not them. Um, you have to be watching out for them to try to escape to punish you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Nymeria just wants, uh, uh, to eat her, uh, food in peace, so. Because Arya just, I've never seen a dog so jealous, ever, <clears throat> of anything. Like, oh wait, I just got a treat, and the other dog got a treat too, but I mean, I really think that treat should be mine, so I'm just going to go over there and take it. Like, you're lucky you're not my dog. Why? I would, I would get a magazine and probably pop her on the nose every time she did that. It's She's so horrible. It's so yep. horrible. So, anyway. But sometimes, but sometimes, Samiria, <clears throat> you'll put the treat in her mouth, and she'll leave her mouth open, and it'll just dribble out of her mouth, and then she'll just stand there while Arya steals it. She, uh, last night, uh, I, I let him out, gave her one, gave them both one. Uh, Nymeria takes it, walks over to the carpet, and just dumps it on the carpet and just lays down next to it. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, if you don't want it, fine. But <laughs> the other one doesn't need two. <laughs> That's why she thinks she always can have yours. Because you're like, well, I didn't really want the treat. So I'll just leave it here for later. Oh, wait, now it's gone. Um, yep. That's about uh, par for the course. But I do love your dogs. <laughs> Oh, I know. Otherwise, like, I feel guilt that you help us out anyway, but I feel <clears throat> slightly less because I know you do love them, and that's nice of you. Why do you feel guilt? Because, okay, how long is your morning commute normally? Uh, 25 minutes. How long is it when you stay at my house? Uh, about an hour. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, and anybody listening totally feels it. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Marie. <laughs> this has become my favorite part in the weekly shout-outs to those two. I like that no part of you, like, apparently legitimately thinks, like, well, I kind of done a lot for this guy, so the least he could do is watch my dogs when I need him to. Do you so, want to know my crazy psychology? You ready for it? Sure. A few weeks ago, and I believe it was on the podcast with Ryan, um, you jokingly said, and it may not have been on that episode, but you'll remember it. You jokingly said, I got you the first Gambit signed by Chris Claremont, so what else do you want? And in my head, I've decided he has done enough. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to my sad, uh, malleable brain. Um, I mean, I I can understand, but like that was a gift, not a uh, like uh, some kind of gesture or some kind of actual help. Although I did see something online last week on Facebook, I guess it was something to the effect of, uh, "I need my friends for emotional support." mental stability and like some list of things. And it was like, my friends need me to watch their animals when they go out of town. 
<laughs> it's like, that's, oh my um, god, that's but my you know, life. That's, but you understand you're the only other person in my life besides my wife that I speak to about my crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, at I, least I, you're I used for emotional baggage. True. <laughs> you're used in both ways. So You're just used. Um, so anyway, uh, all of that vagueness about, like, you've done enough for me, uh, I guess if anybody besides Marie and Jacob's listening to this, they may or may not know, like, that whole story. So, which actually starts well before me coming up here and, you know, winding up in the hospital and hearing, oh, hey, you've got cancer. So, I don't know how you're still alive, but you are. But it, it yeah. starts, what, two years before that almost? I mean, you know, if you go back further, back? it's... It, I mean, yeah, I mean, going back further, it's funny or how weirdly connected we were. So we, we, were you born in Columbus, Logan? Uh, yeah, we lived in Phoenix City and Ladonia. Well, no, I, my dad lived in Ladonia. We lived in Phoenix City for, uh, the first eight years of my life, pretty much. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so Phoenix City, Columbus, Phoenix, Alabama, Columbus, Georgia share a river connected by a bridge or two or three. And um, they're they're basically like one town. There's just sort of two halves of one town, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel differently, um, but I do feel like they're all kind of the same place. They're just two different halves of the same thing. Does that make sense? Uh, Phoenix City is where the people that don't want to pay high property tax that work in Georgia or in Columbus go to live. <laughs> I sort of think of it as the scratched up side of Two Faces Quarter. Yeah, pretty point. much. Um, and so, um, so my f- mom's family is from that area. I was born in Atlanta, but after a couple years, we moved down to Columbus, and I did a couple years of elementary school there. Um, and I've sort of always identified as being from Columbus, um, but then I moved back. Did you go to um, Clubview? Oh, okay. Yes, I was at Clubby for um, kindergarten and partial first grade, I believe, and that's when we moved. When we moved to South Carolina, we lived there for uh, basically through eighth grade and the summer before my eighth grade is all parents seeking a stable um, upbringing for their children. Uh, she ripped me away from my adolescence and all my friends, and we moved back to Columbus, Georgia, for me to go to high school with total strangers who they're not strangers because you went to kindergarten with them. Literally, was that her logic? Me. Literally said to me. Those are that's that's definitely something that was said to me multiple times. Um, They're not strangers because you met them ten years ago, fifteen I, years ago, whatever. I went to kindergarten with them. Yeah. <laughs> so we had big life experiences. You know, we like had the Sandlot, but for kindergartners. Do you remember kindergarten? Because I barely remember kindergarten. Of uh, not really. Um, I have some vague memories of my teacher who actually friended me on Facebook a few years ago and she sent me a request and I didn't know who it was. And, uh, my mom said something to me. Did you, she's like, did you get a weird request from an older woman? I said, yeah, I didn't know what that was all about. She said, that's your kindergarten teacher. I was like, Miss Diaz? She was like, yeah, that's her. I was like, oh, well, I should probably accept that. 
<laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you say hi, kindergarten teacher? No, I don't. I don't think they ever really have much interaction. So. So so anyway, so I've always sort of identified as being from Columbus, but like my my wonder years years was like half of them were spent in South Carolina. My Hey Arnold years were in South Carolina, um, and um, just to, you know sing my life up with pop culture because I'm weird. Um, and so anyway, so then I went away for a while. Um, I was I was there until I was like 21. Then I moved away and went to Kennesaw. Went to school, came home under suspect circumstances, um, which is a story for a definitely another time. And um, and met my wife. And this, so this would have been this is about the two and a half years before you and I um, met in that sort of area and got married very quickly. We met in May. We married in January. Here's my whole life story. And within six months, I realized I was back in my hometown where I did not want to be and not pursuing anything I wanted to pursue and um, started talking to a coworker. That coworker built me the shell of a website um, that was called Lights, Camera, Lists with an S dot com. And um, and I started posting on it. Um, so that's sort of the very brief truncated version of my life story. Um, and there's a whole lot of other stuff, of course, because it's a life. But um, I went to Hardaway High School in Columbus, Georgia. And you went to where in Columbus, Georgia in high school? Columbus. Mortal Enemy. Which was that? Ex <clears throat> exactly. So rivalries we should hate each other and we should have set pigs out in each hallways and stuff um but you're older than me so we were past all of that anyway plus i didn't have school spirit despite being um the student government president and there is a picture somewhere out there in the world of me with no shirt on and my entire body painted didn't have school spirit though so go figure yeah i definitely didn't have the school spirit thing i, I actually i hated school i, I despised the whole thing. I, I mean, I like learning, but the whole just social whatever, I hated it. Every second of every day was like torture for me. I, uh, the school process itself, I hated more than anything else. School and home were the worst in those four years. Uh, friends, I had good friends. Um, and there was stuff that was like very angsty, but in the end I look back and I'm like, yeah, there's some good people in my life and I'm glad for those people. Um, my friend family who sort of kept me sane, but, uh, but I don't miss high school. I still, it's about annual at this point, have the, uh, the recurring dream, which I put on the same level of my Terminator 2 nuclear fallout dream, uh, where I wake up one day and they say, Hey, you didn't actually graduate and you have to go back but all of your peers will be there, um, like Billy Madison, but the Twilight Zone version. And it's awful. It's an awful, cold sweat, wake up kind of dream. That, that is pretty awful. <clears throat> I, actually, high school is completely, totally responsible for me not going to college because I didn't necessarily understand that it wasn't like high school. I just remember thinking, I cannot wait to graduate and not have to do this every day and be forced to interact with people that, I mean, who probably wouldn't throw a bucket of water on me if I was on fire, 
you know, so it, it's just ridiculous. So I, I, when I graduated, actually, I was living on my own when I graduated. I don't know if you know that. I do know that. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't know all the details of it, but I do know that that's what's going on. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> more of uh, my mom is not a great person stories. We should definitely one day do a, if we, next time we want to do a personal deep dive, do a what moved out of our house story because I got a, I got some stuff there too <laughs> um, so because I moved out when I was 18 um, but I stayed in Columbus um, and so um, anyway I got all sorts of stuff there but um, okay so the idea is about us though right that's the idea is the story of us this is our this is our the story of us a, a secret ABC origin stuff. man secret origin yeah but I like dramas you like superhero movies so go with me here um <laughs> So, um, okay, so I create this website, lightscameralist.com. I'm not really sure what I'm doing except posting some random stuff. Like, I literally, like, one of my first posts is, like, the Oscar winners, congrats. And um, then I reviewed the film The Gray. That was my first film review on the website because um, I went to see it, and I was like, I'll write a review of it. Literally, that's about how much thought was put into that. Um, and slowly but surely, a few friends started reading it. And then two weeks in, um, I got this huge chunk of news um, that just fell into my lap from a good friend in Columbus who works at uh, WRBL, the local CBS, right? That's the one, WRBL? Right? Yes. Okay. And um, I'm always bad with call signs. Um, but our local CBS television channel, and he gets in touch and says, I'm friends with people at the National Infantry Museum, which had a full-size 70-millimeter film IMAX projector in it at the time, showing a lot of educational stuff, as museums do. Um, and uh, they are going to get The Dark Knight Rises um, on, in 70-millimeter film. And uh, they're going to open it day and date because usually if they ran anything, it would be like six months later. Um, but they're going to get it on the date it comes out. And as people now, I think, know more these days, that's a big deal because there's not that many 70 millimeter prints. If you get them locally, and if you don't live in a big metropolitan area, it means that you've got a second run print. It's probably going to have some scratches. It's not going to be as pristine. Still great, but just not. You can just tell you're getting the the dollar movie version of the film reel. And um, and so, um, and they're hard to get to. So now, like, uh, what was the movie just recently? Oh, uh, 2001, the, the print of that that was playing at, like, seven theaters in America. And But people knew about it because it's kind of the trend now. But back then is when this really started happening more, where the limited uh, film releases uh, were a big deal if you knew what to be looking for. Um, and so Christopher Nolan acolytes know where to look. Dark Knight Rises, Christopher Nolan film. Um, and this news pops in my lap and they say, you can have it exclusively for your little dinky website, <laughs> which still boggles my mind. Um, so I posted it. And that meant that all of our local newspapers and channels um, had to cite me. And um, they... Um, and blogs, Christopher Nolan and film blogs picked it up because we were the only theater in the southeast outside of Nashville, I believe, to have the full 70 millimeter print. And uh, that made us a big deal. That made a, a big draw for the town, uh, at least for the, the museum. And I got this news pretty early on. I think it was like February or March. And all of a sudden I have this website that has a lot of people coming to it. 
and I don't know what to do with it. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Have you heard of me at this point? Um, when is the screening of the uh, the documentary? Comic-Con? Yeah. Um, so that's in April. So this was February, March. That was in April when I did that. Okay. And had y'all done another screening before that? The Nacho movie, nope. maybe? Or was that after Nacho, that? Nacho was between, um, was between the Dark Knight Rises and Comic-Con. So they were okay. in the middle. It was kind of sandwiched in between. So, so yeah, um, I frequented, uh, the, what was known as the Columbus Book Exchange, uh, at the time. Now Columbus Comics, owned by Pat, who we've talked about a lot. And, uh, I, for whatever reason, I was in there picking up my books. Uh, I was delivering pizzas at the time. So on Wednesdays, when I get, uh, a delivery that went by there, on the way back, I would just stop in and hang out for like 20 minutes, which is, you know, why your pizza took an hour to get there, because I was buying my <laughs> comics, but, Whatever, man. Um, <clears throat> so I stopped by, and I guess he brought up the the Morgan Spurlock documentary and how there was a screening of it. He was like, "Oh, you should you should come. Like it would be, you know, uh, something you'd definitely be interested." in. I was like, "Eh, I don't know." I was like, "Who? Like, is it one of those uh, like the pop up thing, things that you see now?" Uh, Fandor. Yeah, stuff like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. he said, well, it's, it's, uh, a guy that, uh, owns or runs a film website locally and comes in here and they have, you know, they do like reviews and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, I might check it out. So I went to the website and I was like, oh, they have a podcast. I was like, I'll check that out. And I downloaded the podcast. I was like, I, I like it. I dig it. So. So you didn't come to, you didn't come to then the Spurlock doc then? No, I was there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I showed up and I remember you talking about the Dark Knight Rises. That's right. I was able to announce it because I remember the people in the theater like, and we're also going to have it. Yeah. Oh, we're doing a marathon of all three films, which actually I had already planned on going to. I was like, well, I'm going to do the marathon. So I don't really want to drive all the way into Fort Benning. Terrible idea. Absolutely horrible idea. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, I really wish I'd have been. I, I might have better feelings about that movie had I not seen it under torturous circumstances. So. Uh, so okay. I, I don't think I've fully realized until right now that you were at the Comic-Con movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, showed up, so, bought my ticket, watched it, and left immediately after. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is did you? No, 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 no. Is that what I delivered tickets to you? No, that was Jaws later on. Yeah, Jaws. Okay, yeah. okay. So, um, okay, so, uh, so backstory on the book exchange. I've learned to read off comic books that my mom got out of like the quarter box. Um, from Mr. Pat's, my, uh, which is what I always called it growing up as Mr. Pat's. I knew it was the Columbus Book Exchange, but we call it Mr. Pat's. And now we call it Pat's. Um, but, um, cause I graduated past Mr. I feel so privileged. Um, 
but I'll still say it every now and then reflexively. But anyway, so that's a bookstore that I've gone to all my life. And if we ever came home to visit for a holiday or something, I always went. So you and I were literally in and out, not just in the same town, which happens, right? Um, but we were in and out of the same exact comic book store for the duration of our lives. Uh, there is a very, very real chance um, that we were in the store at the same time at some point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just think it must have happened. It's so bizarre. Um, and I can't help but wonder, like, what our impressions were of each other at that time. Because I was always, I would talk to Pat one-on-one, but I wasn't the most social with the other, like, all the That's people. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> and so I would, if they were, if people were one-on-one, I would not jump in, but I might be like, mean girl, judgy, like, can you please stop your stupid conversation so I can talk to Pat? So I wonder if I was ever judgy about your conversation with that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure because they used to, uh, especially at that point in time, I mean, it would be a good, you know, 20-minute conversation of me just standing at the front front of the register. And this is when he moved over off of Veterans. You would mm-hmm. have started going to him when he was still on uh, off of Naked uh, Road, right? Yes, yep. So my some of my earliest memories are actually my uh, grandmother and uh, her sister frequented the book exchange when it was downtown. They would take mm-hmm. their paperback novels down there, trade them in, you know, get something else, and then you know just repeat, repeat, repeat. Every once in a while, um, if it was on a weekend or something, uh, we would get to go with them. So I'm relatively sure that uh, the first comic I read was probably from Pat's, but I don't think we ever bought any comics. It would just be like whatever was not bagged and boarded or whatever, I would get to flip through. And then it was, oh, we got our books, let's go. So, like, I have very, very vague memories of that. And then... I didn't start reading comics like heavily until middle school. Um, and I really didn't know about the book exchange. Like I, I just didn't remember that it was a thing until high school at some point. Mm-hmm. And that was when he was on over off of Macon road. And at one point in time, my senior year of high school, Actually, I was in the work study program when I moved out on my own. Uh, but I didn't have to go to work till like three o'clock or four o'clock and I didn't have a car. So, uh, my roommate who I went to school with would drop me off at the book exchange when we got out of school at noon. My dad would pick me up at about three and then take me to work. So every day for six months, I would go into the book exchange and just hang out for three hours. And he had those what? boxes of comics that were like, uh, was it like a hundred comics for $10 or whatever? Cause he was just trying to get rid of all that overstock. And mm-hmm. so almost every day I spent $10. Where, what year was this? Do you think? Uh, uh, would have been, I graduated in 98. Oh, so okay. it would have been gotcha, ni- yeah. late 97, early 98. 
Yeah, so our, our age difference there, that, that's what throws that off. So no, I wouldn't have been around then because we lived in South Carolina then. Um, yeah. Anyway, so if I came, and I think if I came in, it was only on vacation. I remember one time on a vacation and it really devastated me. And then when we came back, sense of the landscape again once we I didn't know where it was because I didn't know the navigation of it in like that 98 area, like time period. And it still pisses me off to this day because apparently I hold a crutch. <laughs> um, so, okay. So long history with this bookstore, comic book store, um, in and out of it, uh, both of our lives. Uh, Pat definitely sort of the, the center point of this hurricane because because Pat was very encouraging of what I was doing um, with with the website, um, and he uh, we had a little poster that he put up in the uh, his window for us for the Comic Con screening, um, and he put little we had like a little flyer printout thing we did, and he he gave those out, and he definitely told people. Um, so we held the screening where people could come and um, and watch this movie, and it's really funny because. Um, check out how the times have changed and how much we've learned. First of all, Morgan Spurlock got in trouble. He got ahead of some sexual harassment stuff by outing himself about a year ago. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and then also at the screening, because it was, the film was actually uh, co-produced by Harry Knowles, and so he sent a letter that I read out to everybody. And uh, that dude is, I just, that's one of those things where don't don't ever choose your heroes wisely. <laughs> I don't know what to say. He just turned out to be such a horrible creep. And, um, but it's so funny. You did call it. Um, but it's so funny. I don't know, man, that screening had so much stuff around it that wasn't good, but, but, but was still such a huge part of my life. So anyway, so we held the screening and it's a really good turnout. I didn't know how many people we'd ultimately get. I mean, I was keeping ticket count along the way, but at some point I was like, this is going to stop, and then people were buying tickets at the door, too. And we had a nice nice crowd. The perfect crowd who would at all the right times and be into the stuff. And there's a little bit of clapping and stuff and cheering when certain people came on screen. And um, it just it went really well. Um, and at this point, the website has a little bit of a staff. It's, my, it's not an infection, but a people working for it. And um, so it's got me and Katie. And my wife, at the time, she was still doing some stuff on it. And we back, uh, right? This is terrible. Um, uh, you dropped that. What did you say? Um, Josh, uh, Josh, I think oh, I used yeah. to work for it. Josh, Josh Plot. Plot, okay, yeah, okay. Who I so, distinctly um, remember running into it at the book exchange many, many times, because if you've ever heard the dude talk, you remember that you heard him talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was one of the few people that I'd met there before that when I was reintroduced to him, I was like, Oh yeah, I know who you are. Um, and so, um, but he was doing comic book stuff for us. Hence the, the book exchange connection. Pat would give, give us uh, two books a week or give him two books a week, which he would then read and review. And we'd link to the book exchange and kind of tell people go there because we were primarily a um, Columbus, Georgia website um, in terms of our readership. And so, um, so anyway, so it's growing a little bit and, and we're kind of looking to see what's next. And we did book the uh, Nacho um, 
Vigilando, Vigilando screening of extraterrestrial, which was great. We had a small room for that, but we packed the room out. So that was really fun. Did you come to that one? No, I did not get to go to that. I think I might have been working that night. Um, I don't remember what it was. Uh, I, I didn't go to another screening until Jaws or Die Hard. Which one was first? Jaws, right? Jaws. That was in the summer. Also spare, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so um, we do that screening of extraterrestrial. It's going well. And at some point in the middle of those two, um, uh, Raphael, Rafo, uh, and I start the Film Dispenser podcast, which is what you mentioned. Um, what were your thoughts of the Film Dispenser podcast? <laughs> this is, uh, are you sure? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I don't want to sound like an ass. Um, I liked it, except it sounded like two guys were trying to be entirely too serious about what they were discussing. Like, eventually, y'all got way more comfortable about things, and that that was when it was really, really good. But, like, to start with, I was like, God, there's, like, no uh, levity at all. It's just so serious for the most part. And I liked it, but I would, like, at the end of every episode, I would be like, I've got to listen to, like, Kevin Smith talk for an hour to not feel like I just got, you know, not beat with a film review, but just it was so, it was so heavy. So, no, good, yeah, no, but, I, you know. We took ourselves very seriously. Very, very seriously early on. I don't know that I ever got better about that. I just started ha- having more fun with it. Um, and, um, but yeah, no, that, that all makes sense. That's actually nicer than I thought you were going to be. So that's cool. No, I, I uh, always enjoyed the podcast. It was just so damn serious. <laughs> like, so, I, I, I was listening. I was, at the time, I was an avid listener of film spotting, which is, can get pretty serious, but they also have, like a lot of moments of lightness throughout the show. So we needed their um the theater thing they do. The um what's that called? Um where they uh, would do the movie lines. The, the you know what I'm talking Is about, it right? Disaster theater or no. I can't remember. Does that? I don't. I don't remember. But this, so they what they do is they comically because it's them do famous movie lines back and forth to each other, and then you can guess for like prizes what they what the quote was or what the movie was, and like we needed something like that um, because that's how that's their saving grace is that they could break up any conversation with that, and then and like even if you didn't like it, it was sometimes a nice refreshing thing, and we couldn't figure that out. We never figured that out. Um, what our version of it is. We just wanted to copy everybody else's version of that. Um, and we didn't, so we just didn't do it at all. Um, so at this point, what were you creating? Were you creating anything or just consuming? Um, I, I had a Tumblr um, where I would just write random stuff about movies I was watching. So mm-hmm. uh, that was oh. it. I had worked at, uh, work, quote unquote, work. I'd never got paid. Um, I'd done some comic book writing at uh, uh, another website that a guy I used to be friends with. I don't know. He unfriended me for some reason. But he's the one that had the Lou Staples logo created. Um, He 
he had a, a comic book website and shortly after high school, probably around the time I turned 21 or so, so three years out, out of high school, uh, he had asked me to come write some comic book stuff for him. And I'd done that for on and off for a couple of years, but I've kind of gotten away from reading comics and uh, at least serious comics. Uh, and so I had, I kind of got heavy into movie watching <clears throat> and that's when I started just writing about movies on a, a, a Tumblr site because Tumblr was a lot easier to use than anything else. So. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> Unlike you, I was not going to be like, Hey, let's create a website. Cause you've seen what happens when I'm like, I think I'm going to try to create a website. It's like three weeks of me just like, I think I'm going to kill myself because I can't figure out how to create a website. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it sounds like you. And I remember this beautiful thing that you have running now and, and how you did. Anyway, um, so, okay, so we're doing some screenings. We've got a podcast. Uh, you're listening to it. Um, at this point, I don't know who you are from anyone else at this point. So we're like in July of, of uh, what's that, 2010? Is that the year Dark Knight Rises came out? Um, maybe. I don't know. I know I started writing into the podcast. I'm looking. I'm going backwards in time to see if I can see. Okay, 2000. How am I going to see it this way? I'm looking at the. I'm looking at my calendar, which has no dates, like no signifiers on it of when things were. Um, Dark. I don't know where Night. my phone is. I'm afraid to. to... 2012. Or 2012 okay. is where we're at. Okay. So um, ten, like that seems like a long time, like eight years ago. So. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about when Katie and I met, and so I was sort of compressing time a little bit. So 2012. Um, so uh, we do the screening in the Dark Night in the summer. It was really fun. You heard about it. You didn't come to it because you're a dick. And then. Um, continue to do more screenings that year. Um, like how Does it make you there. feel better that my um, viewing was absolutely a nightmare? <laughs> no. I just wish you had been at this one. Um, you could have seen me be C for an entirely sold-out IMAX theater. I was going to vomit. It was amazing. Um, so anyway, um, the screening goes off without a hitch. Um, it was fantastic and fun, and you, you knew about it but didn't come, so we're, you're still aware of kind of what's going on. I have no idea who you are, other than the fact that I, at the time, liked Papa John's. And then I, I'm going to hold two um, uh, screenings of classic films, um, Jaws, um, at the end of the summer, and then the plan is Die Hard closer to Christmas, um, because it is a Christmas movie, no matter what Bruce Willis says. Um, and I hold a Jaws screening, which I know you were at, right? Um, yeah, but that's not the – was when is uh, Django Unchained? That's a good question. What if this throws our whole so I can let the dog in? <laughs> yeah, go let the dog in. I'm looking this up. Okay. I'm going to mute the mic because I'm probably going to have to yell at him. Okay. So, 
he's talking about, okay, cool, this is all working out, because Django was a little bit later. I'm still on the right track. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and that's okay, because I rarely know what I'm talking about, and I'm just proud in this moment that I do. You're about to learn about the magic of Twitter and being weirdly invasive. Logan's so nice for watching my dogs. They are pains in the neck, but I love them. And it is nice to know that they are taken care of by someone who cares about them. My boss got concerned when I told him <laughs> that my house, like basically my wife and Esther were going out of town when I was going out of town. And his first reaction was, where, where are the dogs? Who's with the dogs? What's going on? And I explained it to him, and he la or and he was comforted by the fact that someone would be with my dogs, as opposed to what leaving them by themselves inside for four days, five five days. I'm gone, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so six days. Anyway, um, funny stuff. I'm guessing he's going to edit this. He's going to be so mad at me for talking because it might be harder to cut. Who knows? All right, sorry. No, you're good. So, I, my Maria won't come in or possibly has run away. So, <laughs> did you, you couldn't see her? No, it's freaking dark outside. Do you ever use the stick? What stick? The Moses stick that's out there? There's a Moses, like a walking stick out there, and you tap it like Moses on the deck and she comes running. No. But go try that really quick and see if she comes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, she's out. She escaped the fence? Yep. You can, you've actually seen her outside of the fence? Yep. Damn it. Alright. So, did you open the gate by the steps? Yeah. She'll come back. <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully before I get tired and go to bed. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll never sleep. No, she'll come back. She'll come back. Well, that's fun. See, this is why I feel guilty. Yeah. Mm. What were you talking about? <laughs> um, we were talking about the screenings, and then uh, you asked about Django. Yeah, when when was Django in China? Django was in the fall of that year. So um, after Jaws, but before Die Hard. Yes. So we had met at the Jaws. Well, we kind of sort of met at uh, Papa John's for like five minutes. Right, because I brought you tickets because that was the whole thing. I was selling the tickets, and I was trying to make sure I got them to people to make sure people would come. So I was like hustling all over town getting tickets to people. So I came to Papa John's, and we awkwardly exchanged money for tickets. Yeah. What's your memory of that? Um... You had on weird pants. I had on weird pants? Green or red. I don't remember. I was like, why does he have green jeans? Or I red jeans? Probably, probably dark red. Huh. I still have colorful pants. What are you talking about? You do. <laughs> and I no longer just think, why does he have red pants? <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, um, he just dresses like that. Well, I remember thinking, I came all this way, and you were very, very quiet. <laughs> I, I'm a pretty quiet person if I don't know somebody. This is true. Um, and so that was about it. It was like, we just, you know, here's your tickets, here's your money. All right. Okay. Have a good one. And that was it. That was basically the whole thing. Is yep. that about right? Yep. All right. So then, um, so tell me about, uh, well, let me context. I'm, um, this same summer of all of this, I got to go to Comic-Con and, um, I actually met Quentin Tarantino and got to see some of the cast of Django Unchained. Um, I've, I've loved Quentin Tarantino's movies like most film nerds of my age and gender for quite some time. He's not exclusive to my gender, but it's just there's a stereotype, and I fit that bill. Um, so I was at my peak excitement for Django Unchained based on my recent experience. I still have my Django poster signed by Tarantino, framed in my house. Um, and, uh, I see it. <laughs> like every so, time I come over. <laughs> so I was super pumped. And uh, and very excited. Now you tell me what happened. So we had met the one time, and I mean, not that I, I mean, I listened to the podcast. So there's always that thing feeling of like I kind of know this person because you listen to them talk about stuff every week. But we had never had like any real interaction, um, and. They were doing an early screening of Django in Columbus. Like I'm not even like a Thursday night, right? It was like no, it was yeah. like how I was like a week early. Mm-hmm. So uh Ryan, my brother, is a huge Tarantino fan. And so I'm like, man, we should go. Like, you know, let's go see the movie. So I go I I I think Maybe on Twitter or something, I'd said something about it, and yes. or on Facebook or whatever. And, it was Twitter. Okay, and then you sent me a message. I think uh, yep. something to the effect of like, "Can I call you or can you call me or can I text you or something like that?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I guess." You're like, "Hey, look, I want to go to this. I'm currently out of town in Chattanooga, but I'm driving back." Mm-hmm. Can you buy my tickets? I think that's what it was. Because you could only buy yes. two tickets. Yes. So can you get my tickets? I will meet you there and pay you back. I was like, I guess so. <laughs> sure. So I, I can't had to get. I did that. <laughs> I had to get my brother to buy our two tickets, and then I bought your yours and Katie's ticket. Mm-hmm. And so there was a line, you know, and so we're waiting in line and I get a text message from you like, uh, we're here, uh, where are you, you know, I'll meet you, I've got your money or whatever. And it was like the exact opposite of the like, hey, I have your Jaws tickets. And like, do you have my money? This is like, I have your Django tickets. <laughs> do you have my money? <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks, man. And then we don't have, like, there's no, like, interaction after that. It was just like, oh, here's the money, here's the tickets. Oh, thanks, enjoy the movie. We don't sit together, nothing. Like, 
just nothing. Well, the, there was like a there was a line though, right? Like you were. Yeah, there was a, a very long line. I was with like six had, or seven people. So I had to go backwards, and I ended up. Who did you sit with? Because I was sitting with. I sat with Eric. Eric Ernest. You dropped out. I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, now the internet's going to stop working. <laughs> it's not my night. Um, yeah, uh, I was with, see, it was me, Ryan, uh, I think our buddy Robert Gossett, um, mm. and probably our, our kind of sort of friend, Robert Bergen. He's more Ryan's friend than he is my friend. I think it was the four of us, maybe a couple more people. Um, it, it was all mostly like work people. So, and Ryan, well, I worked with Ryan too. So, uh, so yeah, I sat with them kind of up towards the top and the, like the back of the theater. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like, I lost sight of y'all. Like you went to the back of the line and like that was that. So. That's so weird. Thank you for doing that still. That was really nice of you. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, what, what was next for us as a, as friends? Because we're not friends at this point. We're just people who keep bumping into each other, essentially. Um, so Josh was still, was Josh still on the side at that point? Yes. Okay. So... Uh, it's, oh, y'all did the Atlanta screening of, uh, Sinister, Sinister, and, uh, I, I couldn't go, but I was like, hey, I bought two tickets, here's the code, you can, like, give them to somebody just to support y'all. This was prior to to Django, that was prior to Django. Oh, was it? Yep. That's probably oh, okay. why I felt like I had to knew you just slightly enough to communicate this request to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I, I didn't I didn't see that movie until it came out on video. So I have no like time frame for when it came out. Um, yeah, it was like an October release, and so we had it like in September, and then the um, and then Django was like late November, December. Okay. So, so yeah, we had met kind of, sort of, through the Jaws thing, and I continued to, like, email into the the podcast, which uh, was always fun for me, because I, I, doing a podcast now, I understand that nobody sends you emails. Like, even if they like your shit, they don't have mm-hmm. time to email you. End of story. Right. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, this is gonna sound braggy, but when we started, uh, Automatic for the People, like, our numbers are nowhere near this now, but we're the only Mr. Robot podcast. And those early episodes hit, like, uh, upwards of, uh, 1,500, 2,000 downloads, right? So we had a couple that went to Hey, my na- my my neighbor's calling me right now. Hold on a second. Okay. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Does he have the dog? Um, my yeah, my house sitter just called me a few minutes ago and let me know that she is. 
Yeah, that's her. He's got um, the back gate open, and so she should come in in the next couple of hours. But, yeah, she got out. Uh, uh, be, he, she was just out for a little bit, and he couldn't get her in, and she got out. So, uh, But hopefully she'll be in just a little bit. No, I appreciate it. I definitely do. Thank you, man. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that, that was nice. Can he get her to come? <laughs> no. She just looks at me like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that stupid. Uh, uh, you shouldn't even try. You should literally just leave the gate open. You should, you could throw some treats over to the, like, go on the deck and just throw them to the left and then come back inside and just wait because at some point <laughs> she'll come in the backyard. That's all you can do. That's literally the only thing that's worth any energy. Mm. Um, where were we? Um, so we were kind of doing the timeline. Oh no, uh, emails to, to podcast. You were emailing us and you were talking about how you got stuff when you did automatic for the people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of those hit like one or two episodes I know hit 3000 downloads. Um, mm-hmm. not more than that, which is a lot. Um, at the time I was like, I mean, I guess that's a lot, but now like I know that's a lot. Um, I mean, I know there are podcasts that hit you know, several hundred thousand downloads, but two idiots in Georgia talking about uh, a show that's smarter than they'll ever be to get 3000 downloads is insane. You know, most podcasts don't have a hundred listeners, let alone 3000 downloads in a week. So we maybe got four emails. So even if, even if, those 3,000 downloads, you cut them by half and say it's 1,500 people downloading it on, like, two different devices or something. If 1,500 people listen to you and only two or three of them can be bothered to go, like, hey, I like your show or, hey, you suck, you should stop, whatever. Like, just – it. I did not understand that until that moment, until we started doing – uh the Mr. Robot podcast. I didn't understand that it doesn't matter how many listeners you have. Like you literally have to have a hundred thousand listeners to get 50 people to interact with you. No. Yeah, no, that's, it's true. But you did, you, you would email me sort of stayed in touch that way. Um, and then eventually, and it, my memory, of this is all a little hazy, but eventually, so how did this work? How, how did you come onto the website? This. I feel like you'll remember it better than I do because I know stuff was in flux for me. Yeah, I so, moved. I moved. That's a big part of it. I should say that. Well, um, you moved after the fact. After you got involved? Yes. Okay. Tell, walk so, me through that. So, unbeknownst to me, the reason you were up in Chattanooga was for uh, a possible job interview, right? Yes. Okay. So... Uh, by the end of December, um, I mean, it's not really my story to tell. The, the short version is Josh was getting married. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. No, I can tell that piece of it. So I, I offended Josh. Um, and, and that's his offense to definitely have whether I agree with it or not. Um, but, but basically I let him down because I was taking care of my family and if it caused him some right. stress and he 
basically was done with me, and that's totally his right. I have no ill will. He, he may not like me. He may not even think of me. Probably doesn't think of me, um, and that's totally fine. But he, our comics guy was sort of vacated from what we were doing by his own choice um, through consequences of my actions, which, you know, it's, I wasn't hateful. When he wasn't hateful, we, he got his feelings hurt, and I was making an emotional decision to take care of stuff, and it just, it just all sort of slowed out, and he left the site. It's one of those yep. things. So that happened somewhere around the Django stuff, or after, early that I believe next after. year, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then you had re- just reached out to me, like you sent me an email. I was like, "Hey, what what would you think about this?" So I was like, "Uh, um, okay, I guess." Um, and uh, let's see what was. Okay, so <laughs> I won't I won't get into the whole Josh story, but um, it does somewhat involve you and Katie going to uh, uh, what's that festival? Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Yeah. Um, so uh, that that was a, a thing that like y'all were going to Bonnaroo, but I joined the site by then, and uh, yes. It was, you would ask, I think you had already asked Scott to join. And yes. you had reached out to Adam and to Justin at that point. Adam came later. Adam had been in touch with me, but I had not reached out to him. Um, he So he sort of came our way, and we were talking, but he wasn't involved as much quite yet. He was sort of pitching himself to us. Um, he would have been after we all went to, got together in Atlanta. Okay. But, yeah, we have been interacting with him on Twitter, though, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I knew that I'd had, like, some kind of interaction with him. Um, but, yeah, Scott had joined, uh, or you had asked him to join. And uh, he also lived in Columbus, uh, which is, I'm assuming, how all that came about. Um, I met him at the extraterrestrial screen, the nacho screen. Okay. And he um, came up for Sinister in Atlanta. Wow, I, now I really hate that I didn't get to go to that. But anyway, um, and I don't even know how the hell Justin got involved. <laughs> I think I feel like through Sinister, but I don't. Po- I'm not positively sure how he got involved because he lived in Atlanta. Yes, at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, you were uh, talking to him, talking to me. Uh, all that stuff, and you had asked me to to come on. I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, you uh, told me, you were like, hey, look, here's the thing. Like, we're going to Bonnaroo. I'm going to be completely off the grid, essentially, for three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if I give you, like, a crash course in, like, how to post things and uh, make sure like nothing goes haywire. Do you think you can just do this for a few days? I was like, yeah, I guess. And so you did, you kind of showed me the back end of the website more or less. Cause up until that point, I think I had just been sending you stuff and you were posting it. That's pretty much what everybody did. Yeah. So, which is, maddening to me 
because I've done that part of it now. Uh, I did it for a long time, uh, just posting my stuff. And I'm just like, no, I could not have four people sending me things. And we're like, oh, okay, well, can you post this? Like, no. Like, I'll show you how to do it. No, I'm not going to do half your homework for you. Um, so how you did that for that long, I, I don't know, man. So I, I don't even like posting my stuff. I'm just like, God, why can't I just hit a button <laughs> and it just all be magically done? Um, so yeah, you gave me a crash course in the, the back end of the website <laughs> and, uh, you're, you're, as you always do, you're just like, Oh, thanks so much. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's no problem. And, uh, so I, did you just make fun of my gratitude? <laughs> you're overly uh you're always overly thanked. It means it means so much. I'm not saying you're not genuine. It's just always for somebody who does you know how I am. I do not deal well with positive anything. So That doesn't make me wrong. I didn't say it made you wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't tone. I I'm very dismissive of all of that stuff. So, uh, I forget where I was going. Oh, I told you, you asked me, was there at some, some form or fashion, you're like, is there anything I can do to, and I said, uh, cause y'all were going to see Paul McCartney and, um, God, I wish I still had that picture. It's on Facebook somewhere. Stupid losing my phone. Um, I said, uh, yeah, when Paul McCartney plays Band on the Run, you can take a picture and send it to me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whatever night that was, uh, or maybe yeah. the next morning, I got a picture of you. Uh, well, not of you, just of the stage. You're probably, I don't know, 20, 30 feet away. It's pretty close. Yeah, we were on the rail. We were, we were up front. And... uh you're like, here you go, man. This is him playing band on the run. I was like, that's so awesome. And you, you told me, you're like, what's funny is he didn't play it like the whole show. And mm-hmm. you said like he left the stage and you're like, Oh, I didn't play band on the run. Well, Logan's going to be disappointed. And of course, cause it's Paul McCartney. They come out, do the encore and play band on the run. So, which is my favorite Paul McCartney song, mm-hmm. which is. You know, stupid because it's a huge hit, but still, I fucking love that song. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got my picture. Um, but <laughs> by the time you got back, got settled, got rested, whatever, I had gone into the back end of the website, figured out how to basically do everything that that all the basics, not the. I mean, I still didn't even know how to do the podcast stuff, and that was nine months ago. Um, but I'd figured out like the posting of articles and stuff, like, and just messed around with it, figured out how to format everything so that it looked right on the site and was like, Hey man, I made this. What do you think? And it was the first, uh, loose staples column. And you're like, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's pretty good. Can you do this every week? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and Let's take a pause in this. I want to know why you said yes to any of this, because you are the person that says no to everything. And you just started saying yes all of a sudden. What happened? Um, I don't know. 
nobody ever takes an interest in anything I do. So, you know, you're like, hey, you know, I kind of think you'd be a good fit. Like, oh, hey, I like this. Can you do some more of this? Nobody ever says that stuff to me. The the dude who did the comic website, like, he had a message board, and I used to frequent his message board. And then he put out a call and was like, hey, I'm looking for some people to contribute content to the website. Uh, uh, if anybody's interested or knows anybody. And I sent him an email, and I was like, hey, uh, like, what are you looking for? He was like, do you want to write something? I was like, I'm thinking about it. He was like, okay, well, write something and send it to me, and I'll put it on the website. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, man, you're posting stuff on the message board all the time. I like the way you think. I dig what you're into. Just send me something. I'll edit it, you know, like legit editing. Um, uh, I mean, he would send me notes all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll post it. So if somebody like likes what I'm doing, it's very encouraging, even though I'm dismissive of, dismissive of it. So that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay. So also during this time period, podcast and you, what were your thoughts on coming on a podcast or doing a podcast? No, no, it was, no, I can't be, I hate the sound of my voice. I despise it. I still despise it. And at this point I've recorded more podcasts than, I mean, I don't even, I can't even count. I mean, I did a daily podcast, so there's almost 500 episodes of a podcast about Deadpool. <laughs> so there's funny. 125 episodes of uh, the of the Automatic for the People podcast, uh, or 124, something like that. Uh, there's uh, 100 episodes of Loose Staples. There's, um, how many episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. did we do? We did four seasons. Know. So a there's lot, probably yeah. 80 episodes of a S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Um, and then various other stuff. How many, we're on our, like, 15th episode. Uh, we just did our 26th or 27th episode of the X-Wing Files. Um, yeah, at this point, I don't. I don't know why I was just like, no, I, I, I will say that I would, I completely believe that I definitely wanted to do a podcast. Just me being me. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I can't do that. Nobody wants to hear anything I have to say. I sound like I grew up in a trailer because I grew up in a trailer and nobody wants to hear that. So why would I put that out there? That that's, the way I thought about it. So we should also, now I'm just going to, I wanted your answer. I won't comment on it. Um, so uh, we should also give some context here. Um, so if Django was in like November-ish, um, that job interview that I was coming back from, I, I got that job and I moved to Chattanooga at the end of December. Um, so you and I, I started the website um in January, I changed to film dispenser somewhere in like the April to June time period. Um, we held those screenings. Um, and by the following January, less than a year later, I was in Chattanooga. Yep. Um, I left the base of what I'd started behind and I was in Chattanooga. So all the screenings, all that stuff stopped for me. Um, 
and I uprooted my family and we moved up or my wife and I who at the time was just our family no no kiddo at the time and we moved to Chattanooga taking a huge uh, risk for ourselves it was uh, pretty crazy and difficult but what this also means is just as you and I are getting to know each other we suddenly can't hang out like it's not and you live in right and so here's this is crazy it's crazy i have these little blackouts of memory um so when would you say from your perspective when did we become friends um i i mean i honestly don't know uh, it sort of evolved, right? Like outside of these little random meetings, and then you started working for the site, which was friendly, but it was much more like I need someone to do this. I think you would be great at it. It was much more about that. If there had been money involved, it would have been purely a, a, an employer-employee kind of move that I was trying to make. Um, but I did think you were nice. You obviously had done something really cool for me and were willing to go out of your way and not make a big thing of it, and that did mean a lot to me. Um and but it, it it's still very transactional but some point in working for film dispenser and us talking and communicating we sort of evolved into friends and i couldn't put a time period or time stamp on when that happened see this is gonna sound uh probably bad to you but i mean honestly <laughs> Ex and, until I woke up in the hospital and your wife was sitting next to my hospital bed and uh you were out, you know, watching Transformers with my brother. Uh, <laughs> I, if you had asked me, um I probably probably would have said that we weren't friends only because I would have completely said no he doesn't think of me as a friend like I, i'm just this guy that writes stuff for his website that's so hysterical to me all right so because you're so your psychology is just as jacked up as mine but in different ways that's so funny okay so i live in chattanooga um and there's going to be this thing called the chattanooga film festival in the first year, I just went by myself and covered it for the website. Um, I didn't. I paid for it. Um, Katie hadn't worked for it any. Um, they were fresh, and I was very excited. And I, didn't no, I was share there the first year. Were you there? Yeah. Was I it you and tickets. me? Did you um, stay with me? No, Scott stayed with you for the first year. I'm pretty sure. See, this is my brain. I apologize. God, so something. Okay, okay. Did you stay with Paula and Chad? Uh, no, I got a hotel room. Oh, okay. So we have one good year. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's we're so defined by the crazy year that I don't even remember that. I got now that you're saying it because you fell asleep in the raid too. So here's here's the thing, and I vaguely discussed this before um the first time we had, like hung out hung out was in atlanta we did that uh like meet up where we met met up with justin you proposed the shield your ears podcast which would be uh my first podcast um mm -hmm. 
and I was like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I, I, I want to talk about this show. Uh, and, uh, I was sick then. Like, I knew I was sick then. You knew you were sick then? Yeah. Like, I, I was having trouble sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. I had, like, all that swelling stuff that was going on that had started. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my legs hurt constantly. Um, cause they would swell up. Um, I, it was just, it was awful. I think that cause you slept on the couch and I kept telling you like, nah, I'll stay on the couch because I knew that I was never going to go to sleep if I laid down. Like I, I would yeah. sleep for a couple hours and I'd be up and, and that was it. Um, so that was nine months or so. I mean, it was right after the premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which would have been in September of the previous year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I knew I was sick then. By the time we get to the, the, uh, uh, film fest, I'm pretty sick. But not, no, yeah, not anywhere near as bad as a year later. So, I mean, when when they were like, "Yeah, you've had this for years," I I knew. I didn't know I had cancer. I knew I was sick for for a year and a half. Huh. So on the outside, um, Logan just seemed to really love Oreos, <laughs> and, and need to needed to exercise a little bit more. But there's also this vague thing about like a back injury or a back thing that sort of everything got lumped under when we discussed it. And so I would even tell Katie, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's got some sort of back thing and it continues to bother him. I bet if he ate better in exercise or something, he could get to feeling somewhat better. But it's because I also did not see you in person very often. We talked all the time because of our podcast stuff and the website. But um, but I didn't see you much, so it was very easy on my end to miss a lot of things. And you could just kind of dismissively say, "Yeah, I'm backache or whatever," and I just move on from it. Yeah, it, it, I, there are people that saw me every day that still like, and family members that saw me every day. Ryan, I worked with Ryan, and he would get so mad at me because I, I wasn't as productive as I should be. But that's because I was in a lot of pain. I had a lot of trouble. It was, it was like walking through sand in the water is what it was like moving. Like it just, my legs were, it was just like, I can barely move them. <laughs> so it, it was pretty miserable. Um, but I just, I refused to, I was just like, well, I'll get over it. I'll, I'll get over it. And at one point I'd had like a total, like I was on my way to work and had a complete and total panic attack and felt like I was going to die. Um, but we had like my house had recently been robbed and I thought that like some of that was me not sleeping because I, I was just, I, I mean, if you've ever been robbed, you know what that feels like. Um, yep. it's, and I was in a house by myself uh, because my dad was, uh, I mean, it was his house, but he was not there. He he only worked on the weekends, and they were living in Dalton uh, at the time. So he was only back on the weekends. 
So I was just in this house that got robbed uh, by myself all the time. Just wait, you know, waiting on somebody to show up and be like, oh, well, we're going to kill this guy tonight. Um, so I, I attributed some of that stuff to that, but turns out that wasn't the case. We podcast a lot at this point. We talk all the time. And in my opinion, we've become friends through this because we don't get paid to do any of this and we didn't get paid to do Film Dispenser. Um, and we, we, you were really my number two in a lot of ways. Like you really helped me run stuff and you would learn things that if I needed someone else to help me with, you could, I could depend on you. Um, so through all of that that I did not know was going on, you were just working really, really hard on the website and with me and we were in constant communication all the time. Um, and so I did very much consider you a friend and we're just kind of running this website and building it and trying to see what we can do with it and trying to figure that out and going through the dramas that one creates for that, which mostly I created in my head and um, and the successes and failures and just sort of doing our thing as you start podcasting more and more um, and and we're just sort of we're just doing all sorts of stuff and it's very fun. Um, and it's also very exhausting. It's a lot of work. Um, at some point in there, our dear friend Marie chimes in as, as a listener and, and, uh, and friend online. And, um, and we're just sort of going along the thing. I don't think we have a, a huge amount of big benchmarks like we do in that first year when we hardly knew each other. It just became a constant. You became a part of my life um, as I see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I do now, the more I think about it, I do remember us going to the first film festival. Um, and so it's the year of the second festival. Uh, I mean, am I skipping anything to jump to that? Um, I mean, not really. Uh, it, I do think it's really funny that you remember me falling asleep during the raid, too. Because it's a pet peeve. I remember when people pissed me off. <laughs> That's a joke. And That's you, a joke. I was about to say, you said I've never made you mad. But what, what's was, funny is... It was a joke. That, you didn't piss me off, but just... Yeah. The, the irony was it's like this... It, it did not make me mad. It was very funny because it's like this crazy action-packed movie. And, and I'm just nodding out. <laughs> yeah. That's what's funny. And the, the reason for that is because I'm literally sleeping about three hours a night at that point. Yeah, it makes sense in context. I didn't get that. <laughs> nobody, very much nobody, like nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. So, um, I would go see a lot of movies and have trouble staying awake, but that's because there's a tumor in my chest, and so if I leaned backwards, it would suffocate me, and therefore sitting up, I was able to breathe, and my body would just go, "Oh, okay, we're okay. We're gonna fall asleep now." <laughs> And and this is something you did not l know the literal facts of. You just knew something was wrong. Yeah. Okay. So January of this year, the, the year of the second film festival. So we're, we're now into like our third year of knowing each other. Um, it's my anniversary, uh, January 22nd. I make this kick-ass dinner. It's amazing. Do people say kick-ass dinners at 1995 again? I don't know why I said that. Um, and I had this great bottle of wine I bought. We're not, we don't have much money, but I did it and just sort of jumped in. And um, my wife, Katie, looks at me and she goes, 
um, uh, I think I need to take a pregnancy test before I drink any wine. Um, uh, and side note, she's allergic to birth control, so she's not on birth control. So it's one of those things we just keep them because um, if there's a concern, it's like, oh, okay, let's just get the concern. And I went, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and um, and uh, it is uh, it's uh, positive. Katie was pregnant. Um, and so this is January. Uh, film festival is around Easter, like the end of March, early April. Um, and we're working me? on names. When did I tell you? Pretty quickly after. You're one of the first people on on my end that I told. Which should have been a dead giveaway that, hey, asshole, you're definitely friends because nobody else knows. And he sends you a text message that says, hey, can I call you? And I'm like, well, fuck, what happened? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, call me. And it was maybe not late at night, but kind of. It was later at night. Um, mm-hmm. You're like, hey, you're going to be an uncle again. And I was like, are your dogs having puppies? What the hell are you talking about? You're like, no, we're pregnant. I was like, what? <laughs> and still, if you had asked me, I would have said, no, he's just this guy that's, I mean, he's nice to me for some reason, but I don't think he thinks we're friends. <laughs> Moron. Um, so, um, okay, so uh, so uh, leading up to the, the film festival, I, it, I, it seems like you're getting worse and worse physically. Like you're getting sicker and sicker. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty uh, thin at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, you're going to come to the festival. You've got a hotel across from the festival. That's really cool. Alongside this, like parallel to you getting worse and us planning on getting to the festival and hanging out and Scott's going to stay with us again. Um, and we're just, it's going to be great. And we're all going to have a good weekend at the movies. Um, and um, you and Scott have never been exactly tight, but it's still like, it's still, it would be fun time for us. Right. And so, so let me uh, interrupt you. I'm okay. wrong. I stayed with you the first year. I slept on your couch. Scott slept in the bed. There it is. See, that's I was think I was wondering if you did, but I just couldn't remember. Because okay. I had, I had met your dogs, and at that point, I had not house sat for you because that would be dumb. Because like, why would I house sit for you? You live three and a half hours away from me. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're trying to figure out the name of our our soon to be child. Um, and uh, we've got the first name. We know he's going to be Ezra. That's what we're going to call him. We're, we're settled on that. We're happy with that. And we're trying to figure out the middle name. And we sort of had these stipulations that it has to be something that comes from Katie's side, something that comes from my side, and something that also can uh, have some sort of pop culture reference. Um, and that's, we did that so that we could be really picky, which sounds crazy, but we didn't. We wanted to be able to, from any angle, be something fun for us. And also be like a good name for him. And so you did not know this, um, but probably a week or so before the film festival, we decided that Ezra would be Ezra Logan Howard. Um, Logan, because uh, Katie's favorite grandmother, they called her Grandma Logan. That was her last name. Um, uh, Logan, because of Wolverine. There's your pop culture. And then for my side of life, um, Logan, you. Okay, so yeah, fuck you, we weren't friends. 
Um, and so, um, and so I, we decided like, but that said, let's wait until he's here next week or in the next few days. It was very close to when you were coming that we decided. So let's wait because we're going to get together with them. We'll have lunch or something before the festival and we'll tell them in person. Right. That's the idea. So, um, before we jump into this, are you any other details that I'm missing so far? Um, not that I remember. Um, most of that time is completely uh, kind of blurry to me because of the, the lack of sleep um, and and just the, the pain that I was in. It was every day. Uh, like I, I, I had start, I'd set up a table in my room, uh, like one of those card tables, and I would sit on the edge of my bed and lay my head down on the table to sleep at all and I would probably wake up every hour hour and a half um, and you know kind of have these little mini panic attacks so I, I, I mean I was not sleeping at all um, and, and on my perspective because I can't see Logan I am seeing him do the work show up for the podcast and every this thing just seems like normal with the occasional, and I remember the occasional mention of your back or your legs or something bothering you, but it always seemed to be sort of like a, cause you won't open up much. And so it seemed more like a, just a, didn't seem like a crack in your armor. It just seemed like you were just sort of offhandedly talking about something that didn't matter that much. And so I didn't think about it, um, in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Logan. Shows up and we're going to eat at this place in Chattanooga called Blue Plate. Logan loves bad food. And by bad, I mean bad for you. Not that it's bad, it's bad for you. Blue Plate has pancakes that are like a half an inch to an inch thick. And you can get chocolate chips in them or blueberries. They're just fantastic. And, and they have all sorts of just really good bad for you food. It was the perfect spot to have to meet. Logan for lunch with Katie and we could get down there because I think we came on our work lunch down there yeah. um, and that came and up on like a Thursday I think yeah it was right before everything got really because that's the opening night of the festival was Thursday um, and I think I had a half day maybe or some, something was going on but anyway we we're meeting for lunch and Katie could be there too because we wanted to tell you together about the name and you have to park in this parking lot that's maybe maybe you're parking what is it, 50 yards away, 100 yards away? How far away do you think the parking is? Uh, 50 yards is probably about right. I remember yeah. <laughs> walking it and being like, why can't they have a parking lot in front of this place? I can well, barely move. <laughs> well, I remember you walking it, and then Katie was already there, and she wasn't sure what was going on. And I was like, I'm just, I don't know, but he, something is not right. Because <laughs> you were walking so slow that I actually got inside, and we waited for you. For like a couple of minutes, not like 10 minutes or something, but like two minutes, which we were all left the parking lot at similar times. That should not have been how it was. Like something was off. And you sat down and you seemed from not knowing you were sick, like something was like something was definitely wrong. And you weren't in a great mood is what it felt like, because, again, we haven't seen you in person in so long. That it's like, is this, what's go? you know what I mean? It just felt off, right? Yeah. So we tell you, 
about his name. What do you remember anything about us telling you about his name? I remember wishing that I had the energy to be as excited as I sh- as I should have been, but mm-hmm. the whole time just thinking like I just want to go to sleep. I I, I just want to go to sleep. I'm so tired. So, so yeah, that's sort of how it was seen from our perspective, too, and, and it's how it felt. It was a little anticlimactic for us. Shame on you. Just kidding. Um, but, but it was. It was I legit was feel horrible about Like, I think about it probably more than I should, and I'm like, it's just so awful to have to sit there and tell somebody, like, we're naming our child after you, and then to have that person look at you and be like, that's really cool. <laughs> Like you and, can't get a little more excited. Um, and so, so we tell you it's not an overly exciting experience for anybody. Um, and you go, and we go, and Katie and I talked about like something's weird, something's not right. That was odd, but not it just was odd, and it wasn't, and it was very clearly not because of the name thing. We hadn't put you in like an awkward position you were not something was wrong for sure um maybe you were asleep or maybe you were sleepy maybe you were sick but we're thinking like stomach bug we're thinking like that kind of sick not bigger sick because your mind just doesn't default there until you've gone through something where someone in your life is very ill your mind doesn't default to that you default to minor things things that are cured by pepto you know and and so um, you went. You actually went over to the opening night festival to get your tickets for the film festival that weekend, I, right? I did because I saw uh, Jeff and uh, Flippo and had a, a long conversation. Your wife actually had got a re- one of my favorite pictures of me, and I, I don't like pictures of me at all. Of uh, me standing there talking to uh, Jeff and, and Chris, I think, um, and it's like this black and white photo, and uh, we're just standing there talking they were telling me about down and yonder which hopefully everybody can see at some point soon because holy shit it's the best movie of the year um and i I was you know i felt okay i ran into scott um we talked for a little while and uh i kind of quietly cut out early because i was just i was exhausted like though and I was like, it's going to take me like 20 minutes to walk back to my car. Um, I got in my car, drove back to the hotel, and nightly routine. <laughs> I have this nice hotel, very nice hotel in downtown Chattanooga. Um, and I am sitting in the uh, desk chair, head down <laughs> on the uh, the little wooden desk that you find in most hotel rooms sleeping like that in a hotel room that I'm paying a hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars a night for. And I'm sleeping so, face down on the desk. <laughs> so the film festival for me is like the highlight of my whole year aside from my child being born. Cause I also see it as like the last thing like this for a while for me. Right. Just re- realistically we're about to have a baby and that's a lot of work. And I don't have any, what I'm supposed to do and so um, so this is 
got my whole schedule plan. I'm super pumped. I've got all of Friday off, and 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 so I'm going to be like at movies and stuff like that, and it's just going to be just the best. I'm so ready. And I we had talked about our schedules. You had never been super committal in terms of what you were going to see. I now understand why, um, but. Um, but I because never, I might die. I'm but it was sure only I'm at, die. Were you thinking that you cut out? What were, were you actually thinking that actively having that thought? Um, on and off, yeah. Uh, but there, there are very like I have very clear memories of me. Uh, this is gonna sound super. A kitschy, I guess, in a kitschy in a very depressing way of me sleeping face down on that card table and just thinking or legitimately saying out loud, like, if I'm going to die, like, could you please just make it soon? Because I, I, I'm in so much pain and I'm so tired. Like, I would rather die than keep going like this. I could have went to a fucking hospital. But I wasn't going to do that. Why? Uh, we went over that. <laughs> Did uh, we? Yeah, like Because you never ago. said it. But yeah, but in this conversation. It, it's, it, it, I mean, so it, it's my, it goes back to my mom uh, of just her never believing that anything could be wrong with us, so everything was just like, oh, you'll get better, oh, you'll get better, and so that's just kind of what it was, like, oh, well, you don't need to go see a doctor, you'll get better. Okay, so you, so we're in, so all these years, we, we have actually been friends despite your, your insecurities, and, and we've known each other, we've gotten to know each other, I'm having a child, and we're gonna, his middle name is gonna share your name, and that's gonna be awesome, and I would consider you, uh, to this day, and at that time, um, at that time, one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and now at this point, definitely my best friend, and, um, I'm texting you or something, and you don't seem right. You say you don't feel well. I genuinely think you have a stomach bug, or I even have the thought like, I wonder if you like had a couple of drinks at the 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 opening night things. I know you're not much of like a heavyweight when it comes to drinking, and if you're just like a little tiny bit hungover because you were so exhausted the day before anyway, or maybe that thing that was causing you to be so slow was like. Like maybe you do have the flu and you need some Powerade. Um, and I'm looking at and I'll be honest, and I'm looking at my clock going, I got to see what he's doing because my first movie starts in X amount of time. Right? Like, yeah, cause, I cause it doesn't... Well, yeah, I understand that. But my point is like I didn't – I'm not thinking big. I'm thinking I can run down to five guys because they have Powerade on tap. I can get him a giant Powerade if he's hung over. I can get him some French fries and a Powerade. He'll work it off, and he'll be fine. He can come sit in some movies. It'll all be fine. Because um, it wasn't going to be a thing of me being like, oh, yeah, you just work off your hangover in your room. I'm like, no, come on. Come out. Come out. And so um, anyway, so uh, um, you let me come check on you. Yeah, that, that's I, – I was at the, the point where, where I was like, I, I'm, I, I need to – 
to go to the hospital. I'm a hundred percent sure. But you never said that to me. No, no. But I, I knew it. And I, like, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I can't move. And so, like, do I call an ambulance? And like, we're texting and, uh, I don't remember any of our text messages. So the, the, the key for me, um, truthfully, and this is, has been a long running joke in my house and, and we've joked about it a little bit, but definitely in my house, it comes up at least once a month. Katie and I joke. Um, so you started texting me with horrible typos. And to me, that was a huge red flag because that's not your style. Um, uh, talk however you want to. You don't even really have bad grammar. Sometimes you're just very conversational sort of podcasting. Um, but in writing, you hate emojis, which we've talked about on this podcast. You are, you are very clear and succinct and typos are very rare. Mine are common and all the time. I'm constantly deleting tweets because I just fat thumb it and don't pay attention. And you are very thoughtful with the way you text. Maybe not with all the words you say, but at least they're going to be spelled right and punctuated correctly, right? You t- there's massive typos. Something is wrong. It's almost, it's literally like someone sort of with one finger halfway texting somebody, it just seems odd. And it which sounds weird, but when you know how people communicate with you, when that communication goes sideways, you know that it's gone wrong. So uh, to add to that, um, at one point, uh, it's actually after this that Ryan and I and Casey come up here, right? Mm. Or was that before mm. that? That would have been before. Okay. So it's before this. So uh, my brother and his daughter and me made took a road trip to come up here for just like a day and hang out. And um, at one point, I think Ryan texted you something because uh, I was driving. And your response back to him was, ha, 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 I guess Logan's driving. And he texted you from my phone. Uh huh. So, like, when you say, like, you know how somebody communicates, at that point, like, somebody sent you a text message and you're like, well, Ryan's clearly got Logan's phone because he would never text me this. (laughs) It wasn't even that bad. It it wasn't like, like, hey, your mother's a whore or some stupid (laughs) crap like that. You're like, what the hell? Somebody stole Logan's phone. It was very just kind of like jokingly conversational in a text message and you were just like ha 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 i guess logan's driving i was like what the hell man am i that predictable no you just have a good better uh, grammar on the text than your brother um and so um but that was a big red flag so i'm on the phone with katie on the way to your hotel room to see what's <laughs> Which up. Was it was locked <laughs> it was locked um um and again, you're propped up at the, uh, the, uh, the, the desk. And so anyway, we'll, we'll get there. So I'm talking to Katie. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like if this dude's hung over, I'm not waiting for him. I'm going to a movie. Seriously is the thing I said to her. Um, and, and then she's going cause she's ever the rational one. Well, you remember yesterday, I don't know, like he may genuinely be sick and I'm like, I hope he's just hung over. Because um, I can be an asshole to the hungover guy and be like, yeah, whatever. You'll feel better in an hour. I'm going to go also, watch my movie. <laughs> well, then also there's no issue. 
Right. You right. know, you just move on. And, uh, and I was really looking forward to like just moving on. And I never thought to myself, I hope it's not something really bad. It was more like, this is just going to be something stupid and I'm going to move on from it. Right. That's, I, I just, I'm like, hey, people surprise you. We don't hang out that much in person. Who knows? Right. And so, um, I get to your, your room and you had maneuvered. And because you had the safety bolt open, yeah. so the door was open with the lock outside the door, like people will do when you're loading up your room. Yeah, um, I don't know how I made it over there. I, you were in a wheelie chair, so I think you probably wheeled, is yeah. my theory. So I open the door, and so the way it works is you, it's like a very standard hotel room. You open the door, to the right is the bathroom. And on the right side wall is where your bed is and stuff. And on the left side, which would be directly where you're looking when you open the door, at the far end is the window with curtains and the desk in front of that window. Um, so I'm, if I open it, and if you were sitting writing at the desk, I'd be seeing your profile as you write at the desk. Um, and I open the door, and there's it's dark. It's like a vampire's cave. Um, this is the middle of the day, by the way. Um, and I can see you laying... On the your whole makeshift bed thing, leaning forward on the um, the desk, there are um, I believe starburst wrappers. Yes, wasn't I it? Loved my starburst. Just sort of strewn about. At um, that point, I have pretty much essentially just been living on starburst because the giant tumor in my chest was cutting off my ability to like eat anything of like great substance therefore i could eat starburst and it wouldn't you know make me feel sick because my stomach was practically gone <laughs> and the, and you know and the tumor loved the sugar because that just yes. eats the tumor so um so i have a moment of un, like a lack of clarity i'm like whoa this is not good i'm gonna be honest I have been hung over with the best of them, and I'm looking at you going, this is not that, but is it? Like, I don't know what this is. It's like, um, I would describe it as they say that when the Native Americans saw the boats first arriving from Europe, they couldn't comprehend what they were looking at, you know? Yeah. And I would say something similar happened because I'm like, I don't know. And I remember I called Katie. And described the scene to her. And Katie was like, you need to get him to a hospital immediately. I do remember that. So credit to her. And I remember calling the front desk for a wheelchair. Because your chair wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And... Um, and I'm talking to you, and you're sort of communicating. I don't exactly remember what all was said, but you're sort of communicating. And I get the, I get you. The wheelchair arrives. That's the big thing. The wheelchair arrives, and this sweet lady, the woman. I mean, she's probably my age. You know, is like very kind and like very freaked out by the whole thing. And I, and I remember saying like, he's sick. Something is wrong. This is not like he's not hungover. He's not on drugs. Like something is wrong. 
and she helped me get you into the chair. We wheeled you out to the carport because I told them, essentially, we're not waiting on an ambulance because this is a one-way trip. If we wait, we have to wait for an ambulance to come from wherever to get you through downtown, and then we have to get you to the hospital. So we wheel you out, and my car is on, like, is maybe... 30, I don't know, one flight up basically on the parking deck and we're in, you're at the bottom of it and she sits with you. She's talking to you and I don't, I don't know if you remember, do you remember her talking to you at all? I remember her. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember her name sadly, but I do remember her. I don't remember her talking to me. I vaguely remember us having conversations and me giving very short, you know, one, two word answers like you saying, like, can you eat something? And maybe I'm like, no. That was yeah. That was prior to the yeah. That was the prior to oh yeah. That's right. Because I was like, can we get you some Gatorade? And I was trying to sort of see if you were sick. This is before talking to Katie. Um, but when Katie said he's got to go, it sort of all clicked. It's sort of like that whole thing where everything's tunnel vision, and then it all snaps into focus in front of you. And so then it was go time. Get get to the the to the wheelchair. Get outside. Um, she talked to you. Um, as I ran and got my car, which is now currently your car, um, and um, she helped me get you into the car. Um, I thanked her profusely, and we left um, because apparently I overthank people. And um, I now it's funny because there are two routes I could have gone. Um, one was a little bit closer to the to the Erlanger that you ultimately ended up in, but I knew of the one where I had gone when Katie on her annual sabbatical to the emergency room for cutting open her finger on a dumb uh, kitchen accident. I knew where there was a nice. I remember clean, that accident? <laughs> yeah. I, so I was like, "There's a nice, clean emergency room. It's not far from here, and there's never a wait because the fear that I had is that we're going to get you somewhere, and I'm not going to be able to talk someone into getting you in right away. It's just where can I go and know I can get you in." immediately so I, I sped and i also knew i could get on the highway and go as incredibly fast as i wanted to and if someone's going to pull me over they could chase me all the way basically to the front of that hospital and and it would be like they couldn't stop me um because of those straight shot it was so anyway so i took off get you to the hospital they cart you back well first of all they're asking me questions like are you on drugs are you and I don't know where my foresight or whatever came in, but I was like, he does not do drugs. I don't know if I knew about your sister at the time, uh, honestly. I may have, but I remember very um, convincingly saying he does not do drugs. He is not hungover. Something is desperately wrong. You need to come with me. I cannot get him uh, myself because I'm not a strong person, and so physically, and so um, anyway. So I got them to come out. They looked at you for like. 15 seconds and they were like oh shit and they were like go 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 and you just disappeared into the back um do you remember any of that um not i remember them pulling me out of the car um that's impressive because at that point you looked out like you looked gone i was pretty far gone there i don't remember a lot of what anybody said to me mostly because the only thing i could hear was this thud sound in my ears which, hey, it turns out that's that's your heart. <laughs> when you hear that, that's not good. So that means uh, the blood is not going where it's supposed to go. It's struggling, and you're about to die. So, yeah, if you hear the thudding in your ears, please seek medical attention as soon as possible. 
so they, they take you back, um, and I'm getting vague updates. I'm freaking out. I have your phone. I do have your phone. Um, so I've reached out to um, your brother because I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't know Ryan at all. Ryan was like a non-existent human being to me, basically. Um, like he's like a vague person that's attached to you, my friend. That's it. Um, and and not in some bad way. It's just that we didn't communicate, really. And and, and so I reached out um, to them, and they tell me essentially that they don't know if you're going to make it, and it does not look good, and I need to get your people here quickly, right? And they don't want to tell me anything. I don't want to... Uh, I'll be I'll be vague because I don't want to ever somehow accidentally get people in trouble. But they get, they gave me enough information that they should, probably shouldn't have because of my emphatic pleas of like I am here, I've done this. What do, what what do I tell them? Enough to tell them something, um, and because I'm not family, so they won't tell me stuff. I'm not next of kin or anything. And then they put me into a grieving room to wait to see what to do next, which is. What that tells you is they're about to walk in and tell you somebody died. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, instead, they come in and tell me what's going on, um, and that they're carting you over to the other Erlanger. Um, and essentially, if we had been minutes later, minutes, that was it. That was the end. You were you were on the precipice of death. And without exaggeration or um, I don't have no self-aggrandizing here of like, oh, look what I did. I saved you. It's nothing like that. It's just you were a dead man. You're a dead man. That was it. So yeah. I I went to the I went to Erlanger and and in my emotional state, I, I Katie came to me and at the grieving room and waited with me until we heard where you were going. She was working the film festival and we desperately needed the money, um, and and also desperately needed not to pay back the money she'd been paid. So I I sent her to do that, which was foolish, um, but I did that, um, and I told Scott just do the film festival. I got, I sort of shut down and shut everyone out, and I sat at Erlanger by myself uh, for hours waiting for your mom, who I'd never met, and your brother to show up for you from Columbus, Georgia, three and a half hours away, um, and it was awful. It was awful. I got to see you once before they got there when you were pulled back into like the, the emergency room triage or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've, it's just, it's, it's to see family that way almost is more okay because family means you're going to have to go through life and death with those people, whether you want to or not. That's just what, that's part of the package. Your friends, you don't necessarily expect that and um and so um and so they got there though and they they told your mom and your brother and they've been and your mom and brother were very kind they let me come into the room with them with the doctor which meant a lot to me and they and he walked us through how bad everything looked and that uh you shouldn't be making it um and um and at some point in that i did leave um, and, um, that's, so that's, that's Friday. Um, and you, you stabilize, I mean, at least enough to be like, he's alive. He's not crashing. Um, and I, I leave and your family's with you. 
and um, as we're waiting on things, I know me and Ryan went to the Saturday morning screening of Transformers, which was like y'all's favorite movie, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, I, I mean, I I love that movie. Um, it means <laughs> a lot to me. So that was the one thing we knew we were going to see together in the yeah. festival for sure. Um, and I now sometimes think about how you just want to go see that movie and like die at the credits. That's what you wanted to do. Um, but that's that was a very real possibility. <laughs> yes. And so, um, but so Ryan and I went. He got your spot, and we went. Um, cause I didn't know what else to do and sort of Ryan talked to me. And I don't know. I look back at this and kind of like, this is all kind of dumb, but Ryan was kind of like, he'd want you to go see the movies. And I think you would have, I think you would have been like, don't miss stuff for me. Cause you'd feel bad about it. But I don't know that that's like, I don't know if I would have done it the same way again. Um, but it doesn't make any difference. Um, but I went to some of the movies as they were handling things. But when you finally were waking up and I was getting updates between stuff, um, uh, I wasn't there. Um, Katie was, and you seem to have memory of that. So talk us through that when you finally woke up. <laughs> yeah, I I can't talk about that. <laughs> okay, because you're gonna cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so so my wife was there when he woke up. Katie was there, and uh, I'll just say that they they sh- that we have a, a secret thing in our family that's not ultra like it's not very complex and. A major motion picture documentary this year sort of ratted our whole secret thing out, by the way, um, <laughs> over the summer, which was kind of funny. I was like, hey, they do that, too. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, but you know, whatever. And But I didn't know that. And it's something, Katie, a signal uh, of affection and care and love that is shared uh, between she and I. It's actually I have an inscription on my wedding ring, and I've never told anybody what's on my wedding ring inscription um and so i'm still not doing that logan will one part of it is that secret code um is in the inside of my wedding so, um oh man whoo so she explained that <laughs> see to you me. can't talk about it either <laughs> i'm talking about that. i'm doing it she explained that to you and then because the signal can be uh, it can be verbal, it can be written, it can be – it's not always verbal or written, though, and so it can be given. So it was explained and then given um, to you, and it's just say it was enough that apparently that's when Logan realized we were actually friends. <laughs> or at least yeah. he's friends with my wife. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, there's so much of that, like, I – I do remember, and then so much of it I don't remember. Like, that moment seemed to last forever to me, uh, mm-hmm. when it was probably a five-minute conversation. Uh, Paula uh, showed up and sat by my bed and uh, read uh, my friend Paula, who's a pretty religious person, um, and not in a uh, right wing, I'm going to beat you to death with my Bible way, very much in the Jesus way. Um, she just sat by my bed and read like her favorite uh, chapter of the Bible to me, barely making it through it because <laughs> she was bawling too. Um, I remember <laughs> this sounds awful. I remember waking up and hearing my mom's voice and thinking, why is she here? Yeah. Not yeah. in the worst possible way, but just like, 
I know I'm not in Columbus. Why is she here? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, I know I'm in the hospital. I know I'm not in Columbus. I, I like, why is she here? Who got her here? And, you know, my mom being my mom, <laughs> which you, you now understand a lot of that because you spent a small amount of time with her. Um, mm-hmm. of course, turned it into, uh, not that she doesn't care about my well-being, but the effect that it was having on her, you know? Yeah. And um, it it was, I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad she was there and I'm to, to help me uh, when she could help me. And, you know, at least somebody was constantly there for that eight months. Um, but, oh, my God, <laughs> it was, oh, it was kind of it was more difficult dealing with her than it ever was with cancer <laughs> you're terrible yeah um so okay so let's let's take a step back for a second so what we're saying is our entire lives were sort of parallel in a lot of ways same places same probably a lot of same movies because you went to the movies a lot in Columbus <laughs> there are only a certain amount of theaters we have what we've talked Talked about things about where we saw movies and what theaters. We were always around each other, but we were, were never in each other's lives. You're a little bit older than me, so that makes sort of natural sense. Um, details that we found out with time um, when Katie and I got married and had our first apartment. Our apartment was literally like not a lie, not an exaggeration, across the street from your neighborhood, from your dad's yep. house. Yep. Um, and so we were like right there, and then we moved away. Your um, your friend Bob that works for WRBL, my uncle worked at WRBL for 20 years. Uh, my dad ran a, uh, a business when we were younger, a janitorial business. He, you know, would clean other businesses. One of those was WRBL. Um, I probably hung out in Bob's office uh, quite a bit. So <laughs> such a cool office. Um, or it was, I haven't seen it in a long time, but anyway, so um, all these things, we were high school rivals, but not really because we both didn't like high school, so what difference did it make? Um, we have, honestly, moms that are very similar. Um, we, um, with this little website thing that in the end means the world to me because of the connections it brought into my life, um, but uh, will forever, for me, be the the thing that put us on the path to finally becoming friends, which I feel like, whether it's fate or God or cosmic coincidence, brought us to that moment where I'm like, I got to go see a movie with Logan. That's why I'm pestering you to go do something and not leaving it alone that pushes you to tell me you're not feeling well, which pushes in a typo, which pushes me to go, no way is this okay. And and gets us to the point where my wife can say, snap out of it. He needs to go to the hospital that we do that and you are alive. And and that's fucking crazy to me. It does not make sense. I think about it often and I don't know how to rationalize or comprehend the coincidence, kismet, meaning, purpose, whatever that led all of those things to be us meeting at the perfect time in our lives to remain friends because if we had been friends when i was any younger you would probably not be my friend today because well, i dumped I, a lot of friends i was i was gonna say here's the the quote-unquote tragedy of our friendship had we met five years prior 
I think mm-hmm. either one or the both of us would not have been able to ever be around the other one. Like I was, un, I mean, I'm an ass always, regardless, but like unbearably so, like just just out and out jerk, because um, I was miserable and unhappy. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't know you, so I don't know what you were like. But I mean, there's a the the I'm a hundred percent sure that even five years prior, hell, even three years prior, there's no way we ever even become friends. Um, I agree. You would have seen how I dressed and you would have been like, nope. That would have been the end of it. <laughs> These fucking weird pants, man. <laughs> and I got You ready for it? I never told you this. You ready for this one? Sure. T- two different color, and I mean like bright primary color, polo shirts layered with the collars <laughs> popped. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yep. I'll take that. I was a size extra. I was assigned as an extra small so I could pull it off. Uh, um, no, it's, it's like, I, I think even further or deeper, whatever than that, um, like it's, it doesn't even go back to, like, it goes back to all the stuff that leads up to you being involved with the website, which, like, or, or creating it, um, Half of it has to do with Katie, who uh, it's not my story to tell, but from what she's told me, very much pursued you. Yeah, yeah. She tricked me um, and said how much she liked movies and culture and stuff. And then about three weeks into our marriage, she's I'm talking about I was like, hey, I haven't been to the movies in a while. And it doesn't make any sense. We should go to the movies. That's a great thing for couples to do. And we live like two minutes from a movie theater. And she goes, I don't really like movies. <laughs> Isn't like fully true. It was definitely a reaction. And she was freaking out being a 21 year old who just got married. And we both, we, I, I would say we, we both agree that we got married very young for our personal selves. But in the end, it's worked itself out very well for who we are. But it was like, she didn't know who she was. She never lived outside of her parents' house. This is three. This, this is 21 days removed from living with her parents for the first time in her life. And she's like, and this guy's pressuring her to go to the movies. And she's like, I don't know what I want for breakfast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so she, she, she says this to me and I'm just like, what the hell? What, what? Huh? <laughs> but and, we got married. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so it gets, so the website came from her trying to support me. And the whole idea was we were going to go through the IMDb top 250 together and write about it. And together and sort of be a project that maybe five people that we knew would, but it would give us a focus to work together on a goal of me sharing something that I love with her and her being a part of it and being creative because she had this deep desire to be creative. We didn't know photography was the outlet she needed, um, which is what it ended up becoming, but she needed an outlet as well as I did working our shitty finance company jobs. Um, with a bunch of people who still probably wear two brightly colored polos with their collars popped. Um, and, um, and so we were very miserable and needed an outlet. And I very much had a, a, a direction for that outlet and she did not. So the website was built to be a direction for our, the, the needed outlet by our friend Mike, who's super creative and a, and a designer and is a big deal in the design community of, around the world, really, at this point. Um, and um, 
so that's where it kind of came from was for our marriage to sort of participate in something together besides just going to work. So we worked together and, and then doing family stuff, which was primarily just her family. Um, and so, um, and, you know, it's just sort of one of those things that just, and it grew from there and she supported it. Um, and, and, and if, we're being honest what Logan said earlier about how much work stuff was imagine what that was like for her when it got that big you know um and and so uh you know it became sort of unwieldy I'm surprised it didn't collapse under the pressure of how negative things were uh affecting my availability and just regular life um but it didn't it's just sort of one of those things that fades with time um but it sort of it, it was very important to me and um you circled into that world and i brought you into it and uh shit man it's best decision uh that that i could have made in terms of that and our friendship and i'm I'm glad i did and uh katie will even say even at the the shittiest of times where i had like five podcasts in one week um you look back at the website and without it what our lives look like is probably drastically different and and infinitely not as good um and <laughs> there's uh, at least one person who's not here <laughs> uh, no question no question uh no i'm gonna say two i guarantee you there'd be no you and there'd be no ezra and yeah. so uh, yeah. and so for us it's become this thing that it's like and you're very your living is very much tied to Ezra's life because again you went into the hospital the day after we told you what we were going to name our child um and he wasn't born this was I guess April so fourth month of the year he was born five months later in September um so your recovery your um everything with this is centered around um Ezra's life when you talk about when do we start the Mr. Robot podcast I'm like how old is Ezra because it's just a little bit more than that it's yeah. how long ago you guys started and that's how I focus all of that stuff um, and it's amazing what um, what that did but I think it recontextualized our friendship um, and, and maybe just made it into one for you um, well but, it made it into that's the thing is it's not that it's that I would it's not that I wouldn't say that I don't consider you a friend I would always say well he, he doesn't consider me a friend so I gotcha well um if I didn't I would have gone to the movie and left your ass in the hotel <laughs> to die <laughs> <laughs> no, and then now just to, I, I charge your mom that therapy bill because that would have messed me up pretty bad um but um but yeah um yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, but I think somewhere you knew, otherwise you wouldn't have told me you didn't feel good and you would have let me just go on. And, and so, um, but, but then you stayed in the hospital up here or uh, not where I am currently, but in Chattanooga, um, for over a month, really. Right. Yeah. Six weeks six weeks and, and and slowly but surely um got better bit by bit and got out and um got cancer it, again. <laughs> but you know what you didn't wait as long as last time to do something about it you're right i didn't i didn't tell anybody but i didn't wait <laughs> yes and and that was that was one thing that with me with you 
I, I, I was sort of had this mindset of like, if you leave this hospital and become a smoker, I'm fucking over with you. That was a big thing. That was kind of my mindset. Like, if you leave here and all of this crazy stuff has happened to make you alive, I don't necessarily, I never put the weight of curing cancer on your shoulders or something crazy like that, but it was at least enough that you needed to try to live. And so while you're bad at communication still, I didn't ask you not to be bad at communication. You, you did take care of it. You go to your treatments. You don't skip out. You don't, you don't ignore the fact of what's going on with your body. And that is important. And that is what, that's like the deal we made. And I feel like, um, while you could eat better, as I shake my finger at the microphone, um, it's a box of fruit loops with marshmallows staring at me right now. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, and so, We've talked about this before, so I'm not going to get into it. But when you get your own place, life's trying to attack your life. Um, so get ready for that. Um, you may be getting you a juicer for your homecoming gift or housewarming <laughs> gift. Um, so um, anyway. Uh, of life. And uh, on the scale of things, I mean, I know what my answer would be, but it doesn't mean that that's how you feel. My answer would be is that you did. You, you seized your life, and you're doing. You changed things for yourself. Control of what, where you're at, and what you're doing right now, more than you ever were since I have known you. From my perspective, this is years now later. What do you do? You think you have changed post all of this craziness and all of this kismet between how things happened? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely changed. Uh, I mean, uh, I do, I, I, you're right. I do take more charge of like, well, if I want to do something, I really want to do it. I'll figure it out. Uh, instead of just going, convincing myself it's a bad idea. I, now I do struggle like in the moment going like, well, this is a stupid idea and you're going to fail at it. So you can't figure it out. You might as well quit now. But if I really want to do it, I do stick with it. You know, I mean, I uprooted myself from the only place I've ever lived and the only family, you know, really the people I'm closest to, my family, a lot of people I know can't say that as much as they drive me nuts. Most of us have never lived more than 10 miles away from each other. And I'm not talking about just my mom and my dad. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews, my whole family. We've never lived more than about 10 or 15 miles from each other. So for me to take a job where I know almost no one, uh, I knew four people uh, in the city of Chattanooga, um, and just take a job with people I don't know, with no real end, no step up, no and start something like that. I mean, yeah, that's probably a product of all of that, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, my, you know what my biggest, um, uh, signifier that this is, is some, a change that's sticking is, you know, you, you know what it is? What? Your website. Hmm? Because you wanted to burn that crap to the ground as you do when you start a new project. Um, and the fact that you have, 
a, a website that is yours with your podcast on it and you're still doing them um, and you did it on your own. I may have done a little bit of help, but it was very, very minimal. It would not have happened if you did not want it to happen. And there were moments when typical Logan four years ago would have not done it um, and you did it. And that to me went, it's not just about what you have to do. Um, and, and about self-care, it's about just regular stuff, the stuff you want to do that you can easily say no to. And, uh, and you still say yes more than you used to. And that's, that's pretty phenomenal because I think some people go their whole lives without any sort of life altering thing. Um, and they never, um, they never change. And I think people sometimes face down the barrel of the bad stuff and they come out the other end worse. And, um, and you know, you're not running marathons, but God, who wants to? And uh, just kidding, marathon runners don't mean to be marathon runner Um Marie but, uh, did the couch like, to 5K thing. I'm I proud need of to her. Do, I've, got, I've got the app. I need to do it. Marie, we'll talk. Um, I'm more like my couch is downstairs, so I take a flight of stairs for it. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that you really did move the need on your life post all of this or definitive goals, you would reach them. It just happens that your goals are like, I'm going to get every X-Men comic book ever, and you're like one issue away. And that's pretty flippin' fantastic. Yeah, that's definitely a, a product. Of, like, uh, some people are, and people have said that, like, you didn't, like, create, like, here's a list of things I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to fly to Paris. And I'm like, that doesn't interest me. But then things like, I wonder if I could get every issue of every X-Men comic like that interests me, you know, and it, it's a hunt, you know, and, and that that's what ultimately what interests me. I don't want to fucking hunt down the best, you know, French toast in Paris. I don't give a shit <laughs> about French toast in Paris. I do care about, oh, hey, look, I just scored this X-Men number two for one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so, you know, there that is. There it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, the short version of the story is if it weren't for Katie, I'd be dead. <laughs> that's about right. I mean, <laughs> I help wheel the wheelchair, but, but I really think there's this sort of like, I've never sharing... hunted you down and been like, I'm going to lie to this man and tell him I love movies. <laughs> I still would have got cancer and I'd have died. She's now. She has texted me as we were recording, and she's talking about listening to this episode. So now I'm afraid that I've said something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, if you get that that apartment, I may need to borrow that couch if I get in trouble. Um, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't couch have that type. Right? <laughs> yeah, that right. I'm taking that couch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, that won't happen. But yeah, it's. Um, I I feel like um, because. I was sort of blinded by the emotional uh, impact of what happened, like what just literally what we did and what happened, getting you to the hospital, sitting at Erlanger for all that time is very easy in that moment to focus on my emotional reality, which was very much that this was shattering and scary and crazy. Um, but genuinely, if she had not been like Sharon Nicholas Cage and been like, snap out of it, Really, essentially, it's, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I would have done. You know, I don't know. 
and I would have probably regretted whatever other decision I made because I didn't know what to do because, like I said, it's it's like the ship's approaching the shore, and I'm like, I'm looking at this, and I don't know how to process it. Well, it, I mean, we're, like you said, we're fairly similar, and I know how I would have reacted to the situation, which it would have been to basically, like, run and please don't make this my problem. Um, like, I don't know how to handle stuff like this. So, like, I'm going to go away and hopefully everything will be okay. So My brains and my just knew enough to keep me in the room. Um, it's sort of like when you talk to somebody about, like, when you know it's a decision you have to make and you just need someone to t- tell you, right? Like, yeah. some sort of, like, natural instinct inside of me kept me questioning what I should do so I did not make the wrong choice. And the, the one person that could help me make the right choice was her, and that's what happened. Um, and you're here today, and that's crazy and good, and we are friends, and we always were friends, and except for that time when I probably used you to get Django tickets, but thank you, <laughs> friend. <laughs> um, and um, and it's just it's a it's a crazy thing, and um, that's that's how we got to know each other. That's how that's that's our crazy thing. I don't know what I'd call it. It's the secret origin. Know. That's what I called it. The secret uh, origin. You were. Uh oh. Did you hear a siren just then? Yep. There's a that's dog exactly. barking outside my my window and a siren outside of yours. Is she in the backyard? No, she's chasing squirrels, and your neighbors are gonna hate me. So, but I don't know what to do. She won't stop barking and chasing. So, I'm gonna go see what I can do about that. I guess. Like. I said, those, throw a couple treats and some dog food in the backyard. At some point, she'll smell it and come into the backyard. And then you can just go out and close the gate, and she'll come in. Mm. Well, this is fun. Our longest podcast yet. Yes. Enjoy, folks, out there. <laughs> We're not recording again for three weeks, so enjoy this one. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Fall TV is starting up. I don't have time to podcast. I'm just tired. <laughs> well, anything else? Do we accomplish what we set out to accomplish? I don't know if I know what we really set out to accomplish. I mean, yeah. The weird thing is, like, I mean, I, just to bring it up, since I bring it up every episode, like, the BoJack thing is, like, like, like I said, legitimately not taking anything away from you, but it's, like, Katie comes into your life, and that reshifts everything. Or not, or shifts everything into a different direction for you. And mm-hmm. like, that's how, you know, that's a catalyst for us meeting. Like, me, uh, finally breaking away from like a horrible relationship of almost 10 years and, you know, going through a lot of like deep depression shit changes who I am. It, and, you know, I'm like, you can't be this horrible person that says horrible things to people because it's what pops into your mind. Like, you just can't be that person because that's who I was. Okay. And, you know, that changes everything. And, you know, what changes, like, what what shifts Katie into crossing your path? Like, shit like that. Like, that's... Have that's, you ever heard her story? Uh, I know some of it, not all of it. So... That'd be that'd be funny. We should bring her on at some point, and she can tell her 
secret origin story before me and then she can tell from her perspective and see if she cannot get all weepy uh, from her being in the room. That like mean, that we y'all wind up in Chattanooga because of because of Tommy, right? Um, well, I mean, yeah, because that's where I used to go to visit, and so um, and so we went to visit together and and figured out that's where we could go, and then we realized we had to move, and so that's where we went. You know, it's just it's all so bizarre. So as as much as it is about choices, it is also about this weird, like. All of this shit that's beyond your control that winds up, you know, possibly ultimately saving your life. Saving your life, sir. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Was that it? Am I signing off? Yeah, I got to go find your dog. <laughs> All right. So everybody, uh, just uh, have a better tomorrow. Hug your friends. Yeah, they're your. They really are your friends. Like, don't do the Logan thing. Like, eh, they're not really my friends. Eh, if they if they ask you how you're doing and legitimately care, they're probably your friends.